Welcome back to the Jiquan Podcast. It's Quan and I back again for another week. I just want to go on, on a quick rant about my Bears liquid because Quan brought up how, how we get undressed and, and brutally mauled by Aaron Rodgers' penis uh, every year goddamn in year. and year out. Y'all have seen, y'all know his cock inside and out. Y'all know Whoa, everything about it. Every, okay. every not, detail. Not, don't include me in that, okay? First of every all, every detail. Sure. I went on this whole uh, speech about them winning the NFC North last week, and we just shit the bed after day one and two of agency this past week. Ryan Poles, man. You were doing so good with these signings, getting DJ Moore via trade, getting Tremaine Edmonds to the Bears to help out our defense. And then you got guys like Orlando Brown Jr. and Darius Slay, who got released by their teams, and they signed with other teams. What are we doing here? You had a chance to pick up Orlando Brown for about four days, and where does he go? He signed with the Bengals. Like, what are we doing here? You know we need help on our O-line to help out Justin Fields. And realistically, for those saying us losing out on Orlando Brown Jr. is a good thing or it's not a big deal, it is a goddamn big deal. Because for those that are saying, oh yeah, we'll just draft somebody to take his place, that makes no sense. Rookie O-linemen do not do well in their first year, and it takes them a while to adjust. The Bears do not have that time, nor do we want to see a rookie O-lineman adjust to the NFL and start getting their groove in. We need guys that are proven, that can come in now and protect Justin Fields. Same thing with not signing Darius Slay. You know we need a corner for this team, and you should have snagged him up like that. I understand that Darius Slay is 32 years old. He's getting a lot older, but he's a veteran in this league. He knows what he's doing. He can help out our younger cornerbacks like Jalen Johnson, help them, and teach them the way of being a good corner in the NFL because Darius Slay has been that guy for years in the NFL, and you let him get released and go sign back with the Eagles. It makes no fucking sense. Like, what are you doing? You had such a great groove going in free agency, and you just fucked it up entirely by not immediately snagging Orlando Brown Jr. and immediately signing Darius Slate. And you have now fucked us over. Because now we will be forced to draft rookie O-linemen and probably a rookie corner in the draft. And we will have to watch them develop and adjust to the NFL instead of signing proven guys to help us win now and protect Justin Fields and then create turnovers for us on defense. And you have now fucked us, Ryan. I wanted the Bears to go out and sign Mike Gusecki as well. And instead, we, we fucking signed Aaron Rodgers, his fucking bosom buddy, his butt buddy, fucking Robert Tanya, and their tight end from Green Bay. So now he's on the goddamn Bears. I hate that guy because he's a fucking Packer. And now we're stuck with him. He's not bad, though. He's actually pretty good. His injury history lately has been up and down. My thing is, being a tight end for Aaron Rodgers, having him as a quarterback makes you look 10 times better than what you actually are. So I'm thinking this could be a fluke. But we'll see what happens. We still got Cole Komet, who I fucking can't stand either. I hope that guy gets hit by a truck. Can't catch a goddamn ball for his life. Can't hold on to a goddamn ball to save his life. Can't block to save his life. I want him gone. I want a Gusecki because he's a good blocking tight end, but he's also very athletic. He's fucking humongous. He's tall as hell. He can get out there. He's quick. And of course, where did he go? The fucking New England Patriots, who are the kings of signing fucking tight ends. Because they have fucking 50 of them. You think that being tight end for Aaron Rodgers is a fluke or a receiver in general? Having a good quarterback like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers definitely helps you out and makes you be a, a better player. It makes you play a lot better because you have a guy like that that you know when they throw the ball to me that ball is going to be in the right spot all I have to do is just be in the right spot to catch that ball and then make my play then going to a different team it all changes you know their system is different the quarterback is different it's adjusting to a new system and to go from a 18 year veteran a Super Bowl champion it's an entirely different system you know what I mean 
I mean, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. Like, that's a one-of-a-kind talent. Right. But you don't think that that kind of disproves that a little bit? Well, Devontae is different because he, he, he's he been proven it in the NFL. He's a pro bowler. You know, he's he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. When you see a guy like Robert Tunyon, you know, you, you don't automatically fucking think, oh, fuck, that guy's fucking Rob Gronkowski or fucking Tony yeah, Gonzalez sure, or shit like sure, that. Sure. You know what I mean? So so that that was my only uh, takeaway from signing Tanya, which, which is why I wanted Gasecki because the Bears run the ball a lot more, and I think that Gasecki is a better blocking tight end than Robert Tunyon is. Cowboys, they made some big moves as well. They uh, traded for Stephon Gilmore. They traded away pick number 176 and a fifth-round compensatory selection for Stephon Gilmore. I think that's definitely a good pickup for their defense. They also traded for Brandon Cooks, but their big thing for them was they finally released uh, Zico Elliott which I predicted weeks ago, go back in, uh, on TikTok or on YouTube and go or, or via podcast. Listen to that. I said, Ezekiel Elliott, he will be cut. And of course, I was correct. So Ezekiel Elliott, who, is, uh, who I thought was a lot worse than Tony Pollard was last year. I thought Tony Pollard was better than him the past two years. And this shows today that he's now jobless. So we'll, we'll see where he lands. But I thought that that was a good cut for them. Would it have been nice to have both of them on the roster? Yes, but... People were saying that it was just his contract that was fucked up. So they had to release him so he could be coming back. I think that Zeke's value to the team isn't on the stat sheet anymore. Dak said it's going to be weird going to the field without him. Because, I mean, that's all they've ever known. Get over it, Dak. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to get over that shit. But I don't see this unceremonious ending being it. I don't see that being the, the end to the story. I heard Bucks. They could possibly go to the Bucks. That's what I heard. Ezekiel Elliott landing spots. Burger King, like I said, McDonald's, Olive Garden, <laughs> which I'm sure he eats there a lot. But, uh, l- looking at his weight, it takes him 25 carries to get 25 yards, it seems. <laughs> I saw this comment on YouTube that said, if you need three yards, he'll get you three yards. If you need seven yards, he'll get you three yards. Now we got three possible landing spots for Ezekiel Elliott. This was two hours ago. Oh, gosh, Chicago Bears. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. No, thank you. Okay. Welcome I'll home, Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott. He come, he come to Chicago. If this was maybe three years ago, maybe I, I, I'd be all for this. But like I said, it takes you 25 carries to get fucking 25 yards. I don't want that. Because if, if, I have to, if I have to watch that every year, I'm going to be furious and scream at you, shit on you on Twitter, come on this podcast every week with Quan, verbally abuse you. I don't want to do that. Does it have I, his age on there? How old is he? Uh, I believe he's eligible to work at all Olive Garden franchises, but I'm going to make sure. 27. Okay, yeah, I didn't think he was. And he's from Alton, Illinois, not fucking, not not from Chicago. So Ezekiel, don't even try to fucking say you're from Chicago, buddy. I ain't gonna do that shit. If you're from Schaumburg, if you're from Skokie, Niles, you're not from Chicago. So stop it, okay? Number two is LA Chargers. If they lose Eckler, I I can see that. I can see that. They will have to change up their offense a little bit, but I can see that working out. Kansas City Chiefs. Now that's interesting. (laughs) They got Pacheco. They got Jarek McKinnon. Is the Bills on there? there? I saw the Bills. Last one we got is Houston Texans. Wow. Okay, so where I saw the Bills, the Bills made the most sense to me if he's going to leave and go somewhere else because, I mean, that's a win-win for both sides. They have a running back need and also Zeke needs a team. That would be the perfect fit, in my opinion. Yeah, I see it right here. Uh, this this website right here, Pro Football Network, has Bills, Bengals, Chargers, uh, and those three right there are, are probably the most realistic landing spots, for him, in my opinion. The Bills definitely need to run it back. I agree with Quan. They need something badly. Bad. It's either Bills, Chargers, Bengals, or McDonald's. So you you pick. Or McDonald's. Oh, speaking of running backs, I was betrayed last week by my running back, Dave Montgomery, for the, for the Chicago Bears. He went out to go test free agency, and he signed a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal with the Detroit Lions. How dare you? 
How fucking dare you? I mean, how fucking dare you? He heard what I, I said. I have been supporting you for years now. And you go out and do this? Any other team would have been fine. Actually, no, I take that back. Any other team outside, <laughs> the, outside, the, NFC, <laughs> outside the NFC North, I would have been fine with. But to go to a rival in your division, that is beyond yeah, the pale. Cold world, brother. Congrats, Dave Montgomery. You just made the list. You are on my mortal enemies list. You're dead to me, buddy. To go, Congratulations, brother. If any player from the Bears leads a team to go to the Packers, Vikings, or Lions, you are dead to me. Adrian Amos, our top safety from 2018, a couple years back, who I loved. He left us after 2018 to go to the Packers, and guess what? He's dead to me as well. He's, he's been dead to me for years. So I'm done with this guy. Dave Montgomery, you were great for us. I loved you. You are an absolute workhorse. You're a very strong gentleman, and you, and you run very fucking hard <laughs> and fast. But guess what? You're not doing that for the Bears anymore. So fuck you. You're dead to me. I can't believe that. Shit. I, I was so pissed about that because I thought that he was going to go test free agency and come back. And instead, he left. And we signed Travis Homer from the Seahawks to a two-year, $4.5 million deal. Like, what the fuck? I don't want to see any of that shit. So now we have Travis Homer. We have Khalil Herbert. And I do believe we signed uh, Deontay Foreman from the, from the Panthers as well. Those are our three running backs right now. Not really any workhorse or cowbell backs in there. A lot of speed guys. Not really happy about that. A lot of outside runners. Not really much runners that I can get inside the hole and start, you know, and just run up the gap. That worries me a little bit for my Bears. Hopefully somebody gets released or traded and comes to the Bears and we absolutely just dominate in the running back sequence. So we'll see what happens there. But maybe I'll consider Zico Elliott. So we'll see what happens there. We'll, we'll see maybe happens I'll there. consider. That's nuts. Quanti's fat. He's fucking fat. Yeah, yeah, He's fat. Right, right. And he does not hold on to the ball when he runs up the goddamn gap. Every time he fucking has the ball, he drops it. I'm sorry. I, I can't I can't do this every week with this guy. He's That's fat. Fair. He doesn't That's hold on to the ball. And he takes 25 carries to get fucking 14 yards. I don't I'm sorry, <laughs> Zico Elliott. It, it's annoying. So I would if I, I said it three years ago, I'd be all for this. Now, all you do is eat cereal and cry all fucking week. So I'm sorry, I can't do it. Can't I just think he's in the spot where he could like bounce back. I mean, yeah, yeah. For sure. Quan said it last week, and it ended up coming true. Baker Mayfield to the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, they signed a one-year, $8.5 million contract coming in to replace Tom Brady. He is now going uh, to be in a battle, I'm guessing, during training camp with uh, Mr. Kyle Trask, who, who Logan uh, last week advocated to be the starter for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you're a Buccaneers fan or player, you're down bad. Going from Thomas Brady to Baker Mayfield, that is unfortunate. Going from the best quarterback, maybe the, arguably the best quarterback of all time, to somebody that that uh, gets tackled and, run, and runs away from police officers in college. That I don't think is arguable. I, I think that he is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think he's the greatest player of all time, like some people uh, try to say. But this is about to be an incredible turnaround. <laughs> and I don't mean that in no nice way as far as what it's about to look like for the Bucks, They are in a winnable division. I think it's about to be awful. It's a division where like... The new NFC East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about to get real ugly uh, down in the NFC South. The NFC South is the new NFC East. The NFC East was fucking shit for years, and now that has now shifted over to the NFC South. I, in my opinion, I think that division I said I agree with Quan is wide open. Any team that in that, that division can win it, no matter how shit you are, it is perfectly fine. You guys can make the playoffs at any moment you want, and not only do that, but host a playoff game as well. So that's just fucking crazy as well. So a team in that division could have a losing record and host a playoff game next season. The Green Bay Slackers are asking for a first-round pick in exchange for Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, the Jets are unwilling to do that. So by Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying that he plans to play with the Jets next season, it all could fall apart. 
So this guy could have prematurely ejaculated on, on himself by uh, prematurely announcing this deal. If this deal falls apart, I would fucking absolutely just have the time of my life. I think he chose his words wisely. I think he said, my, my intention is to play for the Jets. So he knows that it's on the organizations to get that done. And I don't think it was ever going to be a, a quick deal. I think that it's going to take even longer now because he has kind of given more chips to the Packers to play versus the, the Jets because now they know that he want to be gone. He got this humongous contract. But we know that you, the Jets, are in desperate need of a quarterback. Like, no matter what, whether he leaves after this season or plays like three or four more seasons, y'all want him more than we want him. So, you know, we, we got to make some make some happen. So I think it's going to take until middle of the summer until we hear that it, that the deal is done. I don't believe that the Jets are trading their first-round pick. According to this, the things that Quan has brought up, one, it's, it's, it's compensation that's being uh, negotiated. Two, they are unwilling to deal this year's first-round pick away, which is pick number 13. Uh, and the Packers do not want to accept any second or third day draft picks for their franchise icon, it says. You're not trading a first round pick for an, an almost 40 year old quarterback. I don't care who the quarterback is. And you know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. I, I just like, especially Aaron Rodgers, actually, with, with his iffiness and, and his, he doesn't like necessarily commit to off season programs. He doesn't necessarily commit to chemistry with receiving group. He is tunnel vision to, to one receiver. He wants, he wants you to get open and you're going to have to do whatever it takes. I don't see that working out in the Packers' favor. And you don't want Aaron Rodgers to come back this season. Like, if you are the Packers, that's the last thing you want. So you're going to do whatever it takes to get that deal done. You know, you can you can uh, put your poker face up all you want to, but at the end of the day, I think that there's no way that they don't deal him to the Jets. Listen, for me, I think Aaron Rodgers just screwed himself by coming out and announcing it before the deal was even done, that, that he intends to go to, to New York, to the Jets. If this deal falls apart, he looks stupid and he's and he's fucked the rest of the way because he's stuck with Green Bay and nobody else. If I'm the Jets, I'm, I'm holding firm. You're a 40-year-old man. You're unpredictable in, uh, in your future and currently. I'm not giving away a first-round pick. I would not personally, if I was the GM, give up a first-round pick for Tom Brady either if, if he wants to come back and play. I'm not doing that shit. No, thank you. You're a 45-year-old man. No, thanks. If you're in your late 30s or early 40s, I'm not trading away a first-round pick. I, I, maybe not even a second-round pick. Maybe third. Third and beyond is, is all I'm giving up for you. In terms of who has the most leverage in this deal... I would think it's Green Bay because they still have Rodgers under contract. But then again, if he retires, he retires and he moves on. If you're the Jets, the Packers want to get rid of Rodgers. And he just came out and said that he wants to go to the Jets. So if you're the Packers, you can't really trade any, any, any other team in the NFL. It's Jets or nobody right now, at least. So I would say... It may be equal in leverage, but that kind of makes no sense because leverage is leverage. Like you said, it doesn't make sense because it's leverage. But yeah, I, I think they are they on a pretty even playing field where it benefits both teams to get the deal done. It does not benefit anybody for them to not get the deal done. It's just going to take a while for them to see it that way. But then I would say if you're Green Bay, they kind of have more. Because if you're the Jets, you have no other options besides Zach Wilson or, or, or whoever else, depending on, on, on what this team does with the 13th pick in the draft. If they don't get Rodgers, they're stuck with trash. So if you're the Packers, you can say, hey, we have this guy under contract and, and he can retire. So if you guys don't want, want to give us what we want, then have fun with Zachary. I'm talking about uh, Anthony Davis uh, getting cucked by uh, Maxi Kleber. You could point to AD for the last minute of that game. You can count on you. You can attribute to AD the foul on Kleber on the three point shot. The missed free throw. 
Yeah, AD gets fouled, uh, splits the free throws, and then does not close out on Kleber at the end of the game. It's a video of LeBron yelling at him right before that that whole sequence and him just kind of shutting down. Do you think there's something to that? Like, AD don't want to yes, be coached? Do. Or do you think, like, what, what, what do you think went through his mind? First of all, Anthony Davis was caught on, on that last play for Kleber. He was ball watching on, on that play. <laughs> he came out uh, during the press conference and said, the reason why I was looking at Kyrie and space and towards Kyrie was because I, I wanted to see if, if he was shooting the ball because Kyrie pump faked and he thought that he was going to shoot the ball and he wanted to get the rebound. And so, and somebody commented, why the fuck would you, would you, would you get a rebound on, on a last second shot, you idiot? But the thing for me with Anthony Davis and LeBron is during LeBron's record-breaking night for becoming the all-time scorer, AD was on the bench and he gave no reaction at all. Like, he, like the rest of the team was like celebrating with LeBron, giving him high fives, hugging him. AD wasn't doing any of that. So I was like, is there beef between these two guys? Like, what's going on here? I think we are on the verge of a breakup with the LA Lakers and their big two. I think AD has something against LeBron. Maybe it's with all the whole thing that went down with Westbrook and shit like that. Or maybe because he's frustrated with his injuries and, you know, LeBron has been coming out in the media saying, hey, you know, this team needs AD. Because, you know, you, you know, Quan, LeBron has said he wants AD to start taking up the reins and, you know, being the top guy. I think right. AD is maybe a little bit frustrated, you know, but by being forced into that role instead of, you know, he himself, you know, gradually becoming that top guy for the team. I think that there is some hidden beef between this two that we have not seen yet. And I think it may start coming out during the off season that we start getting these reports or towards the end of the year that these guys have had beef all season long or some shit like that and that they do not like each other at all. So I think we may be on the verge of a breakup with the LA Lakers. And I am so happy about that shit because if, if LeBron James runs Anthony Davis out of town, it will just prove my point that LeBron James just ruins these franchises every time. And just we'll get a, LeBron will get up and leave and go somewhere else. And like, what way would that be LeBron's right. fault? LeBron pissed him off. Okay, but AD has not played like he can play this whole entire time. A season and a half, he has played the way that he's supposed to have played in four seasons. That's not enough. I agree with that. But I think LeBron LeBron needs AD more than AD needs LeBron. AD is way younger than he is. AD can get up and fucking leave and go, go anywhere he wants. LeBron, just, his years are limited. So you know what I mean? I, I feel you on that, but... Um, so it has, it has nothing to do with 80s play, though. It has nothing to do with 80s play or, or LeBron's play. I'm just saying, behind the scenes, LeBron James has either done something to piss this guy off or sat him down and said, hey, I'm getting older. I can't do the things that, that, that I used to do. You know, I, I can't, you know, just carry all, those, carry all of you on my back anymore. I need your help. And I think maybe AD was frustrated because he, you know, his injuries and stuff like that. I think he may be pissed off at LeBron or have some hidden resentment towards LeBron. I don't know. So I'm just excited to see what happens in the offseason when, when a report comes out from Woj saying, hey, Anthony Davis and LeBron got into a heated argument during shoot-around and one pass in, in fucking in May or some shit like that. To me, it shows not having respect for authority in AD's case. Like, I, I don't I don't think yeah. – <laughs> I don't think that he is a person who wants to be told anything. You know what I mean? Like, I think that he sees himself. He's a top 75 player all time. He's an NBA champion, defensive stalwart, one of the, the most skilled big men we've ever seen. So I think that he feels that 
nobody could necessarily coach him, especially like from his perspective, having grown what did he grow eight inches over a summer, like change the positions completely, change the way he played basketball and adjusting to where he has and becoming a number one overall pick and, and all of that. So I, I think that there's something there. And I do think that LeBron's frustration is that AD just hasn't taken over. AD should be in the MVP conversation every season. He had he should have been in the in the MVP conversation every season that he's been with the Lakers. It's just hard for me to see where a player like him can't just go out and dominate. Like it, there's no reason for that. Um, can't nobody do nothing with AD. After they won the championship, AD came in out of shape. And I think that that kind of let LeBron down. I think that AD has done nothing but let LeBron down time and time again. So I can see where there there have been some fractures in their relationship. I have a couple of theories about what could possibly be going wrong with LeBron because Qantas Quant brought up the whole uh, authority figure thing. I'm the same way, AD. I don't like being told what to do. I can't stand authority. It makes me sick. That's number one. Number two... It's a generational thing between LeBron and AD. LeBron came into the NBA and grew up an entire different generation than AD has. He's a lot younger than LeBron is. I think that, that could be a generation gap. And three, I think maybe LeBron and AD had a conversation before the season started and said, hey, I want you, as in LeBron telling AD, I want you to start being our number one guy. I want you to start taking the reins. And I think maybe that AD has seen LeBron break the scoring record, get all the attention, and I think maybe AD feels neglected or, you know, that he's not getting all the attention. You know what I mean? People love attention. Everyone wants attention. And I feel like he, maybe he's not getting the credit that he wants or deserves uh, because LeBron is getting all this credit for breaking the scoring record, uh, you know, being one of the greatest players of all time and shit like that. And I think there could be some hidden resentment between AD and LeBron. So that could be number three. Also, there could be something that we don't know about. I'm not, I don't have a theory about that. We could be on, on the verge of it. I'm just saying. If, if a report came out saying that AD is unhappy with, with, with the situation with the Lakers, imagine if he does a, it's you or me, it's or it's me or him. He, he could go to the Lakers front office and say, hey, it's me or, or it's me or this old fuck over here. So either make up your mind. It's me or LeBron. That would be great too. I'm, I love NBA drama. There's, there's nothing better than, than, than NBA drama. I want to see it. AD, destroy this guy. Make him look fucking foolish. That would be my dream. Or come to the Bulls. That would never it. happen. That would never happen. You don't know that. We'll yeah. see. I'm saying making make LeBron look like a fool that, that would never happen. Oh, I can't imagine I can't imagine how how difficult it, it is to be a teammate of LeBron because of the attention factor, the spotlight is wherever you are, you know. But at the same time, if you AD, there's no reason. I'm looking at his contract. He's making thirty seven billion nine hundred eighty thousand seven hundred and twenty dollars this year. There's no reason for him to be so up and down with it, with his effort it ain't even like it, it's not his ability that he's up and down with or his skill or anything like that is his effort and that should never be the case like it may have been like a week ago now when ad had nine points and eight rebounds that is some middle school shit what what the fuck is that bro what and, i mean and they won the game but i felt like that was ominous because like dog that ain't gonna happen again where y'all can win a game that way with you being the, the leader of the team and scoring nine points and eight rebounds that that's that's sickening like <laughs> you almost seven feet it, nobody can do anything with you ad down there like there, there's no reason bro so i don't want to see no shit like that if i'm lebron i want to see you scoring nine points in in the first 10 15 possessions not the whole game i can see it i'm sitting down watching tv one day, all here is bow now, bow now, now. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Anthony Davis here sitting us with an exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview. Just fucking, does, and then he just goes in and just starts ripping LeBron. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember this. Back in the day, when Kobe and Shaq first, you know, had their whole breakup thing, Shaq went, <laughs> Shaq did a 
ESPN exclusive one-on-one interview. I think it might have been with Jim Gray. I'm not sure who, who it was. I think it might have been on Fox. But Shaq did an exclusive one-on-one interview and just shit all over Kobe Bryant and and just said, hey, you know, and, and, and just, you know, air out their, their dirty laundry, right? The next week, Kobe Bryant comes on live TV and, and starts shitting on Shaq. So I, I would love for that time with AD and LeBron. This is those two going back and forth over social medias, IG Live, Twitter Live, Facebook Live, the barbershop, the fucking whatever the fuck that whack ass show that LeBron has or whatever. He can go on there and shit on AD. That would be tremendous. I would just that, that is my dream for the NBA offseason. We're gonna have a great summer here, Quan. This, this oh, is yeah, gonna be sure. great. AD and LeBron, their breakup. You're hearing it first on the on the G-Quad podcast. Colin Cowhart, don't fucking don't steal my goddamn take, buddy. But you're hearing it here first. And AD and LeBron breakup is imminent in the offseason. I'm calling it. AD for Jalen Brown and Derek White, and it's successful. Now, are we doing this with the contention that LeBron stays? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's not good enough to win in the West. They will lose. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, that's fair. That's definitely fair. But it, it does, it adds defense and offense. Well, I I can't, I feel like what you losing in one player, you kind of gaining in two. They would be splitting it up, you know, obviously. But I don't think Derrick White is a starter. But then again, I don't think LeBron and AD is something to win in the West either. So Allegedly, the, the plan is to run it back with this team, with this squad. Now, I don't know if that includes AD. Obviously, this squad is AD. But I think if they get to the play-in, they make the playoffs. Unless we see AD take a leap, I can see it being put in the conversation that, that the Lakers are looking to trade AD. We have never seen AD be bad in the playoffs in a Lakers uniform. We saw it like in, on that finals run, he like he took off the whole way up until game uh, two of the finals. He was, he was dominating. He could have been the uh, finals MVP if he would have kept that up. I think it was the next season when they played the Suns in that first round and AD ended up getting hurt. Aiden couldn't do shit with AD that series. We haven't seen AD do poorly in the playoffs in Lakers uniform so I I don't see that happening but I just see like if if he takes a dip at all if if LeBron comes back and and AD uh, takes a back seat for whatever reason I can just see it being a a conversation with that being said you throw D'Angelo Russell is a free agent Malik Beasley is a free agent as well so that's two of their guys that they got to resign and bring back to the squad I'm I'm looking at the free agents right now for next year the list isn't that great I'm gonna be honest Mm -hmm. Because this team, obviously, they're going to need more with Kevin Durant going to the West, with the Suns being stacked now, with a lot of teams getting better in the West, the Grizzlies. Listen, come on. They're done. They're not not doing shit. Against other teams, me looking at the Grizzlies right now, seeing that the way they stack up against the Suns, I'm not seeing it. They will get crushed. It's not even close. Their their best player right now is is, is sipping a mimosa in Florida right now at some fucking therapist retreat. I don't know what's going on there. He's out for eight games by the NBA. You got Kyrie Irving, Chris Middleton, Porzingis, Kevin Love, Vucevic, Raymond Green. But then again, Kyrie Irving's going to be 30 years old. Draymond's 33 years old. Van Fleet. Ugh. Jeremy Grant, Karis LeVert, Gary Trent Jr., Will Barton, Christian Wood. Actually, mm, I think the Lakers just need better role players, better bench players, better guys that can play their roles. Not that they don't they don't need a fucking, you know, a Kevin Durant or anything like that. I think they they just need players who can they need one good season out of LeBron and AD that are they're they're fully healthy and just get role players or maybe close to players who are all stars like 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 D'Angelo Russell who can just play their roles, do their job. They need better bench players, first of all. And they need guys that can help them out when when LeBron and AD are not playing well, those guys can still come in off the bench or their starters help push them forward all the way and help them get get wins out there. 
But signing old guys like Raymond, I'm not going to help him out and do that. I say they can get rid of Max Christie, obviously. Davon Reed, he can go. And Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba has a, a very lucrative contract. So that, that would free up space, bro. And if I'm being honest, Christian Wood, which I don't think he would, he would, he would, he may take the, like the, mid-level exception or whatever, but I, I don't see that actually being a reality. Either him or Porzingis. I, I think that Porzingis could um could make this uh interesting. What's Christian Wood averaging this year? I think he's averaging like 16 and 9, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he's averaging 17 and 7 this year. Oh, wow. That would be a nice. great signing, in my opinion. Yeah. What about your Bulls? I think that the Bulls break up this offseason. This team gives me angina. Uh, this team gives me uh aneurysms and uh, possible strokes every goddamn game. The Bulls need players that can play defense and the Bulls need players that can shoot threes and every fucking game it's either DeMar scores 40 and we barely win Zach scores 35 and we barely win or Zach and DeMar score 30 apiece and, and we win the game we cannot rely on DeMar and Zach Levine every fucking game we need guys like Vucevic who needs to get in the fucking post this guy just camps at the three-point line you're seven foot fucking three buddy and you're capping at the goddamn three-point line Get in the post and start fucking hitting those fucking hook shots and start getting those goddamn rebounds. He does none of that at, at all. We just need players that can play defense in transition and players that can knock down shots. And we do absolutely none of that. Where do the Bulls go going forward? I do not know. A guy like Christian Wood, I, I would love to see that on the Bulls. But if AD wants to come over to the Bulls, Vucevic, <clears throat> you're done, buddy. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. You leave. I would love to see AD on the Bulls. I, I think that would definitely help us out. But would they want a Zach Levine? Would they want a DeMar DeRozan in return? I don't know. Lonzo potentially missing two straight seasons is just so sad, bro. Fucking That's hell. Sad, That's really man. pissing me off. That's sad. It really pissing um, me off. They are hoping that this next surgery is, is what's going to like revive his career. If anything goes wrong this time, it's over. You would swear that somebody fucking took a goddamn samurai sword and just hacked at, at Lonzo Ball's goddamn knee. I don't know what's going on with this guy. He was the core of our team. Like he, everything was facilitated through Lonzo Ball. And when you take him out, the team just falls apart offensively. And I think that it really showed this year. It showed a lot last year. Lonzo Ball was the core of this team and we need him back desperately. So I think getting Lonzo back will, will definitely help us out. But the clock is ticking with the Bulls because Zach Levine's getting older. DeMar DeMarozan is getting older, and they're not getting any more patient at all. Zach Levine is getting upset with this fucking team. They're getting to, you know, they're having, you know, backstage uh, mafia sit-downs every, every goddamn game, uh, you know, by saying, hey, you know, Zach Levine is, is being mean to us, uh, you know, because we're not winning games. I don't blame him. But Lonzo Ball was the core of the Bulls. And when you, when you take that core out, everyone just fucking starts falling apart. Players are not doing their job. He is a facilitator. And, and you see that when, when he was in New Orleans. You saw when he was in LA. When you take him out, the team suffers. And we are fucking, we are suffering right now. Uh, that brings us to our to our sponsor, SeatGeek. Uh, for those that don't know what SeatGeek is, SeatGeek is an app that helps you buy and sell tickets in the most helpful way. On your phone, download the app, you sign in, it automatically shows you available events in your area. So whether it's a sports game, it's a concert, it's a comedy show, doesn't matter, they have it all. So the best thing about it is it will show you the best deals for you, green being a good deal, yellow being an okay deal, and then red being a bad deal. It also will rate the deal from one through 10 to give you the best deal possible. SeatGeek also allows you to uh, sell your tickets as well. So if you buy a ticket and you end up not being able to go to the event, you, you can sell the ticket on the app. Promo code GQUAD for $20 off your first purchase. So thank you for SeatGeek for sponsoring us. Uh, I guarantee you if that was me on, on Instagram Live, carrying that gun on the team plane, 
I would be out the full 50 games, first of all, unlike John Moran, who got eight games because it wasn't his gun. That's not what the rules say. The games that he's already been out count towards that. That's not what the rules say, Adam Silver. The rule says if you bring a gun onto our team planes, facilities, or near our players, it is an automatic 50-game suspension. And if it but was they couldn't joke, prove they couldn't prove that he brought it, and he said, "I mean, obviously, obviously, he was gonna say that it wasn't his, but they couldn't uh, prove that he brought it." The rule says, if you bring a gun, if you are found to have a gun on your person, which you are carrying, on the team plane and on the facilities or near the players, fifty games, and you got eight, and are now in Florida, drinking a nice mimosa, having a cupcake, enjoying your your free meals. And your vacation in the sun, but then again, I, I don't, I don't, I don't bring guns on onto the team. Right, I'm right, right. To, or I'm not allowed to, <laughs> and I don't try to shoot and kill uh, Pacers uh, security staff, and I don't try to invite 17 year old boys uh, to my house. Uh, and then w- when they beat me in basketball, I don't try to beat them up and uh, tell them get the fuck out of here. If, if somebody beats me in basketball, I, I hate them for the rest of my life, and I did, I move on that's secretly, it. and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I do want to get into, into physical fights with them, but then again, I'm not going to jail for some random bum. And what 17-year-olds coming in and being an NBA player, though? I don't understand that, Quan. That, that's my whole part. What 17-year-old would actually beat a fucking M- NBA player in a, in a pickup hey, game in his Hey, own you played to win the game, brother. You played to win fuck. the game. He came in and that's beat ass. He came in and beat ass. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell's going on here? A 17-year-old. I, I'm not sure if, if I got that story wrong or not. Let me look that up. Yeah, accused of punching 17-year-old per report. This is on Sports Illustrated. Let, let's read this story really quick and make sure we got this right. Grizzlies point guard John Moran is accused of punching a 17 year old during a pickup basketball game that took place last summer according to a wednesday report from molly hensley clancy of what what a name of the washington post (laughs) (laughs) the incident reportedly occurred four days after a security guard at a memphis mall filed a report uh police report alleging that john morant threatened threatened him and an associate of morant shoved him though no arrests were made during the pickup basketball game, John Moran repeatedly punched the teenager in the head, the boy told police. The incident happened at Moran's house, and the teenager told police that Moran later went into his home and returned with a gun visible in his waistband. Oh, my. Moran told police in an interview that he was acting in self-defense after a boy threw a basketball at his head, though he acknowledged, I swung first. Okay. <laughs> Moran also, also said that Good the boy... Good Yeah, the, Moran also said that the boy then to come back and... <laughs> And light his place up like fireworks as he left the property. The Grizzly star filed a police report out about the comment saying it was a threat to his family. Prosecutors declined to file any charges. Morant's agent Jim Tanner said that the allegations are untrue. Rumors and gossip being put out by people motivated to tear down Ja. The boy told police that Morant hit him up 12 or 13 times. He said the, the conversation began when Morant threw the ball hard at his chest as he attempted to check it in. Uh, okay, that, that's happened before in pickup games when he gets heated. No, okay, not, nothing wrong there. Uh, when the boy responded by throwing the ball hard, <laughs> by throwing the ball hard back, uh, it slipped through Moran's hands and hit him in the chin. Oof, yeah, that's not a good thing to happen there. But uh, once again, this heated basketball, nothing wrong with that. In an interview with police, an attorney from Morant called the lawsuit a shakedown, saying the boy's mother demanded $20 million from the, from Morant. Hensley Clancy also reported that the boy's mother has a history of filing lawsuits that eventually get dismissed, including one against the Memphis Fire Department and other against her children's school district. Oh my. First of all, if, you, if you've ever played pickup basketball before, you know things get heated. And if you do check ball, you know sometimes that you, you get hit in the chest, sometimes it gets heated. That's fucking normal shit happens there. Of course, if you slip, if the ball slips and hits you in the face, then that's where things start getting personal and things start getting heated. Especially I, 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 if you lose it. I, I can understand a fight breaking out after that. 
but to get hit in the face and then immediately leave the the premises go into your home and pull out a gun and say i'm, I'm gonna shoot you and kill you right and kill you right now and then for you to respond with okay i'm gonna leave as well and come back and light your place up like fireworks that's a little much okay if you're gonna fight put the guns down fight it out here like men i don't know why john Morant will repeatedly punch somebody in the face and then hit them up 12 or 13 times afterwards and say, I'm going to fucking kick your ass again. If you beat somebody up, leave it at that and don't fucking, don't contact them anymore. And for that kid's mother to demand 20 million. I didn't even know that about like her having a history of losing her lawsuits or getting yeah. her cases dismissed. That's funny as fuck. I can only imagine her legal fees. Fucking the lawyers are probably just taking every case that she fucking has to get those fees. I understand getting heated with a grown, with, 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 with another grown man and beating them up. But then again, if you're, if you're over here hitting minors, then it becomes a whole different story. You're in a lot more trouble. That's that. That's your problem there. You're beating up little ass kids. Ain't nothing cool about that. Yeah, not cool at all. And you're inviting this guy to your home. Like, come on. Is it an indoor court? Is it an outdoor court? If if, you, if it's outdoor, why, why can't you afford an indoor one? Because you're very rich. It brings us to our second sponsor of the week, BetUS. Now, BetUS is the best legal online sports book. They allow you to bet on it all. NFL, NBA, NHL, soccer, golf. MMA, horse racing, and NASCAR, both men and women's ba college basketball, college football, and even the Canadian Football League. They have their own sports book. They have their own race book. And even if you don't want to bet on sports and you just want to gamble with your money, they also have an online casino. Now, they also have the fastest payouts and get you your money in less than three to five days. They have a fast and, and easy deposit and withdrawal process, 24-7 personalized services, live wagering on all major games, and to top it off, if you use promo code THEGQUAD, you can get 125% off on a sign-up bonus when, when you click on the link in the description and sign up today at BetUS. So I didn't realize that Kawhi was still sitting out back-to-backs. Uh, He's um, done? I thought he was playing back-to-backs. Nope. With Leonard sitting out one game in a back-to-back, -back, as has been the team's season-long plan with the with its star. Westbrook played 37 minutes, got 14 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, and a steal, and 6 turnovers. <laughs> Markel Foles had a career-high uh, 28 with 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and 4 steals. He made all of his shots in the fourth quarter. If you're playing basketball with your friends and, and you're on a team, right, and you got a guy who's not playing back-to-backs and he comes up to you and says and tries, tries to give you advice that team is going to roast that guy by saying shut the fuck up you bum you're, you're not even fucking playing you can't even play back-to-back -back, so why the fuck are you talking to me why is not happening with Kawhi Leonard I know I'm not the coach but you would, if I'm Russ or whoever like is starting that game Kawhi would have to show me a doctor's note yeah realistically like Straight you're up. sitting on the bench you're, you're, you're healthy you're healthy <laughs> Why can't you fucking play? It makes no sense. He's 30 years old, 31 maybe. He is shooting himself in the foot from being one of the greatest of all time. I'm not a Kawhi fan. I don't like the way Kawhi plays. It's not uh, appealing to the eye. It, it seems as if he doesn't want to be looked at as one of the greats. I support you week in and week out. I say that you climbed up LeBron James in the NBA Finals multiple times. I say that, you, that you're LeBron's kryptonite. And you're sitting on the bench in street clothes while Westbrook is over here fucking doing six turnovers and shit. It's embarrassing. How many realistic back-to-backs are there in the NBA today? Not that Not many. Not a lot. Not a lot. What's the problem? Do you really think that, that you're going to tear your ACL again? If you play a back-to-back, -back? like there's the risk is not really that high. I mean, I, I understand like there's a, you know, a small recovery time, but there are people out there in the world who are working 12 hour shifts, uh, shifts quite and going and doing it the next day. And, and you can't fucking play a back-to-back -back basketball game. 
It's embarrassing. I need to know what's the science behind back-to-backs and injuries. They were just talking about um, this past week where AD didn't play a back-to-back just because that what they they played was in New Orleans and then Houston, and it had been decided before the game was even over that AD wasn't playing the second game in the back-to-back. Like I, I don't, he's healthy. He was pain-free according to him. Like straight from the horse's mouth and you need all of these games that could add to the the tiff between he and lebron as well like if you can play and you know that we need this game obviously i can't play and this is one of the moments that we discussed in the offseason that that i would need you for ad should have been able to to say like there's no way that i'm not playing this game i, I feel like th- they told ad hey, like you don't got to worry about playing tomorrow and he was like okay what's the science behind not playing back-to-backs if you're Kawhi Leonard and your knees can't take that, if, if you if you take the back-to-back night off and then the next night you tear your ACL, is there really not much of a science? Oh, yeah, you, you didn't play that back-to-back two weeks ago and because you got that rest day off, but you still came out this next week and tore, tore your ACL again. Like, what's the point out here? There's no science between, oh, yeah, resting it in between games will help you become less liable to tear your ACL again. I mean, it's, it's, it makes no sense. I don't, I don't understand what the hell this guy is doing. If you came up to me and said, hey, uh, you know, you, you play well, you play bad on that play. I say, shut the fuck up, go sit your ass back down on that bench, you bum. Low management is kind of fucking the NBA up. I know that's going to be a, a, a huge topic of discussion when uh, when they renew this this CBA. TV deal. TNT or, you know, whoever else is bidding on them. I know that that's going to be very important because, like I said, like usually I, I've been watching them lately, but before maybe the middle of this season, I wasn't watching the, the Lakers games if uh, LeBron wasn't playing. But now that I know that that AD was out there hooping, I love my Sixers, but I just I cannot watch James Harden play. I just I, I can't do. It. I don't have that in me, bro. I, I don't hate, know what's with Quan and Harden, but this guy I cannot stand James Harden. I don't think you under, when he was in Houston and he was doing that that long ass step back. First off, it was a travel. Secondly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> secondly, I I just I, he he just like he's always been kind of chubby. And then when when he came in overweight or whatever, like like people were making a big deal about it. Like this this has been this man. Like I don't know. I just I never liked the way that he played, man. And his uh his he baits for fouls. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that so much. So yeah, I, I just I can't stand how James Harden plays. I love Joel Embiid though. What I hate and what I've noticed is when players are going to steal the ball and they get hit, the player who has the ball automatically will just start flailing their arms in the air. I hate that shit. And that reminds me of James Harden. Every time I see him, I think that's that's Harden right there. I hate when players do that bullshit. Great player. Don't get me wrong. I, you know that. But I, I just he's just not for me as far as my, my enjoyment of watching the game of basketball. That's not why I watch basketball. Uh, I've seen a thing where the NBA front office is proposing a minimum games played in order to be eligible for league awards. So if you're not, if, if you didn't play uh, a certain amount of games, you can't be eligible for MVP and shit like that. They want to do that in order to deter players from doing the low management thing again. I think that's 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 interesting as well. I think that's a I don't I don't know how many games that that they would that they would do. I, I didn't read the full report, uh, but I thought that that was an interesting thing for for them to be doing a minimum. Game how many play. games do you do you think? Sixty five plus in that range, not nothing lower. I would say. You, you think that's too low? No, no, no. I would say sixty seven. I would say 67 because 15 games, you know what I mean? Like to, to put it at a, at a number like that, I, I think that, you know, if you, you miss more than 15 games, then that's what we're doing. I, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that there's one little short fat guy in, in, in the, in the NBA front office that's probably like all 82 and if you want to be eligible to, to, fucking, to get the award, you know what I mean? Uh, but I would say 60, 65, 67 in that range. I, I, I agree with that. 
because yeah, I mean, as much like we probably want it to be like 72, 75, something like that, but that's not reasonable. That's not reasonable. Because uh, I mean, injuries, actual injuries do happen, you know, um, but if it causes you to miss, you know, more than more than 15 games, then so be it, you know, maybe next year. I want to say it was Paul George that said it, but there was somebody that said that uh, you should that 70 should be a minimum. And I would say, realistically, if you're missing more than 15 games in the season, you're not winning the award anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? The voters are going to say, hey, he missed 15, whatever the fuck plus games. If you're missing like 25 games in a season, you're not winning MVP. You know what I mean? Because I don't think anybody has ever won that type of award that missed that many games. MVP that missed most games in a season. Let's let's look that up right now. MVP, NBA MVP. Bill Walton and in his MVP season missed 24 games that year. No other mm. MVP in NBA history has missed more than 11. Damn. Ooh, he <laughs> wow. doubled. He more than doubled this shit. Yeah. Damn. So realistically, if you're missing 15 plus games anyway, you're done. I, I think Bill Walton won that in 1971. I could be mistaken. Let's see. Carmelo only played 49 games in 1998, 99, and he won. What the fuck is this? Was it a lockout year or something? Motherfucker. That was the year he robbed Jordan, that fucking. Fuck Carmelo. Let's see. And it may, it may have been a lockout year. I don't know. Let's see. 1998, 99 NBA season. Oh, yeah, lockout. You lucky bastard. You motherfucker. Lucky Carl, first of all. <laughs> That's. You're lucky. That's why Charles Barkley beat your ass in the Dream Team uh, scrimmage. I watched that documentary. Ooh, LeBron James as well. Only played 62 games when he won 2011, 2012 MVP. <laughs> I think that was a lockout year. Fuck it was. God damn. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is true. That was a lockout year. Uh, but Giannis last year, uh, 2019, not last year, 2019, 2020. Oh, fuck. Never mind. That was COVID year. <laughs> damn. Oh, fuck. But uh, Bob Cousy in 56-57 played 64 games. Plumber years anyway, doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even fucking matter. We shouldn't even call those MVPs. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a Bill Walton MVP session. Let's see. What the fuck? Uh, it's going to be some bullshit. Watch. 77-78. Let's see what he averaged that year. In 77-78, he was an all-star. Averaged. What the fuck? He won, he won MVP averaging 18 and 13. That's it? 18 and 13, he shot 52% uh, 52% from the field and averaged five assists, one block, and three turnovers a game. That one MVP? That's it? Let's let's look up the leading scores for 77, 78. Did somebody get robbed that year? Probably. That's horrendous. Okay, his team went 58 and 24. Oh, uh, damn. All those 24 games that he missed. Probably. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> Okay, George Gervin that year averaged 27.2 points per game. And Truck Robinson for the New Orleans Jazz averaged 15 rebounds per game. So Bill Walton wasn't even the highest leading scorer that year, nor the leading rebounder that year. But he still won MVP. George Gervin, let's see, 77-78, averaged 27 and what? Let's see. He averaged in 77-78. He was an all-star that year, obviously. Averaged 27 and 5 rebounds and 3 assists. He shot 53% from the field. There, he did not shoot any threes that year. And then two years later, he averaged 33 and uh, 33 and five. Jesus, fluke. I mean, that was uh, that's bullshit. <laughs> George Garvin got robbed that year, but Walton was on the serve, buddy. Fluke. That's fucked up. 18 and 13, one MVP. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, plumber. That'd be the bullshit, man. It's like 24 bullshit. games, man. Get the hell out of here. What the hell is going on, man? Great. That's what I do for this week's podcast. Uh, if you're Bill Walton out there, have fun robbing other people. John Morant, stop with those guns. Uh, and, yeah, that should do it for this week's show. We appreciate everybody for joining us this week. 
Uh, if you're listening via podcast format, uh, leave a like. Can't even like leave us leave a five star review. Also, written review would definitely help us out. If you're watching via YouTube, leave a like, subscribe, comment. Also, share our stuff as well. That would definitely help us out. Uh, we appreciate everybody for joining us week in and week out, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.